This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome back to the Mark Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Kelly King, and I'm here with Elizabeth Hyman. And we are really excited to be here today because we have a special guest. So, Elizabeth, you want to tell us who our guest is sure. today? Yeah. Today we're getting to talk with Karen Swallow Pryor. So, Karen, why don't you introduce it? Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. It's great to be with you. Um, I am, as my Twitter profile says, I am a reader a writer and a professor. Uh, I'm finishing up my 21st year teaching at Liberty University. And in the fall, I'll begin teaching at the college at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm an English professor primarily, but I teach uh, writing and culture and a lot of things and write about those things as well. Yes, we love reading about your writing, and we both follow you on social media and love that. And so we were just talking about that a little bit before we hit record. You're a great follow on social media. So we'll put a link to your Twitter in our uh, profile, in our show notes. And as you're well. always engaging. Karen, yes. I love that about you. Like you really <laughs> engage with your followers. Yes. And I think that makes for a good social media person, you know, because lots of times you can respond to someone and they just right. hear nothing. So. Yes. Thank you for being engaging in that way, too. Oh, thanks. It's yeah. a teacher in me. It's hard for me to let any question or comment go unrecognized. <laughs> yes. And as a fellow like English nerd, I love like all your grammar and editing tweets. So I'm <laughs> loving that. Everyone should follow her just for that. Yes. <laughs> they would learn a few things. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So what do you love about teaching English and literature, especially in the Christian context? Well, I've always loved reading and loved writing, uh, and that's, you know, when I went to college to be an English major like you, Elizabeth, I didn't mm -hmm. even really know that I wanted to be a teacher. I actually didn't think that I wanted to do that and um, didn't discover that until I was in my PhD program. And that's when I discovered um, the gift that I have for teaching. I believe that God called me to do that. And so being able to teach the, the subject that I love so much, literature, to Christians to serve the church in that way is just such a joy because um, because God is, you know, he is the word and he gave us this gift of language of mm -hmm. words. And so anytime that we are appreciating, enjoying using words skillfully, I think that we are honoring that part of uh, the image of God in us that reflects his nature. And so loving stories, helping others to read and appreciate them and to use that wonderful gift of language better because we all need help with that, myself included, I just think is a wonderful way of, of, of expressing God's image in us and taking stewardship um, over that part of creation. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that kind of disheartens me sometimes is I read statistics of people that after high school or maybe even after college, they don't pick up books to read. 
And mm-hmm. so like they, they, they're kind of done with that or they just don't have an interest in reading. So I'd love for you to just talk about why is it important for us to be readers? And, and sometimes we get really stuck in one genre, like maybe we're just really into fiction or maybe for me, sometimes I get stuck in some leadership you know, mm-hmm. kind of books. And I have to say, okay, I need to read something different, you know. So tell us a little bit about why that's important and why as Christians it's really important for us to be good readers. Well, of course, if we look at sort of the long history of human civilization and we understand that the literate world really has been just the past 500 years when we talk about the widely literate world mm-hmm. and that wide literacy that we take for granted today came about in large part because of the Protestant Reformation, because of of the desire of of Christians at that time to get the word of God into the hands of the people. And then, of course, having the Bible meant, you know, you had to be able to read it. Right. Um, we know that there were a lot of abuses and um, and suspicions and error that came about when people couldn't read the word of God for themselves. And so so from that came the ability to read and then the ability to read lots of other things as well. Um, not just the Bible, but um, but biblical teaching, biblical history and novels and poetry for fun. Mm-hmm. So this this ability, this ability that we have just to read anything in general comes really from this historical moment when uh, the God was allowing people to have his word in their hands and to read it. And so, sure, reading Jane Austen isn't as as important or as significant as reading the word of God, but doing it doing one actually helps the other. And so there's a way in which the reading mind or the literate mind can think and communicate in a a logical, linear, abstract way that people who don't have the ability to read um, aren't as skilled in just because of the nature of of the written word and the logic, the logos um, that that allows our minds to um, exercise. Do you find that you still that you have students right now that it's a struggle, like maybe they don't enjoy reading or because sometimes I, I even remember as a college student, when you have a professor who kind of brings that alive and especially a good English teacher, it it does kind of increase your desire to mm-hmm. want to read because you start thinking, okay, maybe I read this and I don't understand something, but I think a good professor, a good teacher helps you kind of look into that. And so that that to me is is really a key and importance yeah. to, to giving people a desire to have a lifelong love for for reading. I mean, that is certainly what I try to do. And I think I have some success. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, it was actually in a writing class that I'm teaching. Uh, and I assigned some books to read about writing. And we were talking about one of the books in my class. And um, it just came up from my students where they, as a class, expressed that they feel like they really don't know how to read well. They don't know how to read skillfully. And so of course they can, you know, they're literate, they can read, but they feel like in their entire, all of their years of education, most of them are juniors and seniors in college. Um, they have not been taught to read well. And of course that's in large part because of digital, the digital age, digital media, um, it's becoming harder for myself <laughs> to, yeah. to exercise those skills. So it is a real struggle, but we're, 
but it's one that we have to understand that like any skill, like any gift, we can lose it or see it greatly diminished if we don't, if we're not careful to preserve it and, um, and to cultivate it. Yeah. And I know we have a limited amount of time here and that's probably in an entire course. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Could you give us some little pointers for those listening? Like what are some things that we can do as we try to practice reading well or to learn to read better? Well, thank you for asking that. I actually, in my introduction to On Reading Well, uh, Mm -hmm. my book that was out uh, in a couple of years ago, um, I devote some time to that in the introduction. And it it is like any skill, something that improves with practice. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest obstacle that we have today, there are two. One is speed and the other is attention. I think most of us read too fast when Mm -hmm. we're reading books because we're used to skimming Twitter and Facebook and blog posts. And when we're reading serious works of literature or, or theology or whatever, we need to read more slowly and more critically and take things in and reflect. And then the other thing is just the attention span that I think we're, we're all seeing be diminished. So we have to be intentional about, about, focusing our attention for a period of time and reading slowly and reflectively. Yeah, I think those are great. That's something Mm -hmm. that I think part of what I loved about being an English major and reading is I had to write papers on everything. And so that taught me to read with a different lens because I was having to like unpack what I had read and like apply a biblical worldview because I went to a Christian college. And so I was having to do that or not apply a biblical worldview when I studied <laughs> abroad, but just kind of like thinking through all these different um, angles with it and like really wrestling with it. And that is something you're able to do when you're writing about it. So I was trying to think of like, what is an adult equivalent of like essays, but maybe right. like book clubs. I feel like that is oh, some way a, to yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. talk through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a part of a book club and there has been at least one book that I did not like going into the book club. But then after hearing everybody discuss it, I was like, oh, this actually was a really good book. And we all got something from it. But just not being I think I think reading is read well or is done well in community a lot of times, too. Like, that's true. And that's something that yes. we think about as an isolating thing. But I think when we read well, we're also reading with others. And that Absolutely. kind of leads us a little bit into your new project with B&H yeah. because you have some great. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us what you, the what it is, why you wanted to do it and that kind of stuff. Yes. Thank you so much for asking. So what I'm doing with B&H is um, is publishing a collection of classic works of literature. There will be six volumes in total uh, works that I've selected just because I, I love them and uh, they're available to be republished. And um, I'm writing introductions to the works mm-hmm. that are written from a biblical worldview, including a few explanatory footnotes, just because sometimes they're terms or words or places that we're not familiar with in these works of literature. And then um, discussion questions so that these books can can be used in book clubs, as you suggest, but also even just having reflection questions that you can use on your own if you're reading by yourself is very helpful Mm -hmm. to engage with a book and, and to read it critically and reflectively as we've been talking about. Yes. And so the first two are Heart of Darkness Mm -hmm. and Sense and Sensibility. 
So can you explain why you chose those two to start very with? Very different books. Yes, they're very different. Yes, uh, yes was Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility, which is mm-hmm. light and fun, but also kind of pointed because it's satirical. And then Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, which so many people have told me is just one of the hardest, darkest reads that they've ever encountered. Yeah. Although many people certainly love the book. It's just, it's, it's hard to read because it it deals with so much of uh, the depravity of, of humankind. And I, I chose both of them. I love both of them. They are Mm -hmm. very different, but that's partly why I wanted to choose two books that are so different because Mm -hmm. I do try to encourage people to read different kinds of works. And I also realize that sometimes when it comes to classic literature and book clubs, um, they tend to be, uh, they tend to draw women readers more. Mm -hmm. um, And I want everyone to know that this series is written for men and women. Um, I've written discussion questions and introductions that are broad, that deal with the context of the books, but also application today. So they are for thinkers, um, even though they're also introductions. I, I want to just kind of open the door to people who might be intimidated by these works or have read them before, but just want some more insight. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to feel like they can read these classic works with understanding and appreciation because um, because they have a friendly guide helping them. Yeah, yeah. And, and so many of the classics... We probably, a lot of people have read them years ago. Maybe they were in high school or college and they were required reading. They were just trying to get through it. And maybe, and now I I think these are really good opportunities for people Mm -hmm. to say, you know what, I'd really like to go back to that. Or I I really didn't get that. And, And even just your part here in the book where you talk about and you do this with the books of how to read it as a Christian today. Mm-hmm. And just kind of giving that biblical worldview, I think, is really important. And it just kind of draws people in a little bit differently. Yeah. So I'm really excited about just even for myself, just going, you know what? I, I don't, can't tell you the last time I read Heart of Darkness. It yeah. probably was 30 years ago, and I don't remember a lot about it. So right. those are good opportunities for people even to yeah. go back to And And they're beautiful, too. Yes, they are beautiful. They'll look beautiful on your bookshelf. Yes. Great. That's Um, important, too. It is. It is very important. And I read Sense and Sensibility in high school, but I was just like trying to remember even the plot points of it, you know, and and then um, I've never read Heart of Darkness. So that one was new to me. So I'm going to crack it open and read it. But I I had heard that it was dark. So I was like, I'm reading several dark things right now. So I was like, (laughs) we're going to maybe wait on that one and, and throw in some like fiction happy fiction or something um but yeah why so why do you think it's important for christians to read a variety like you talked about reading and different things but like this variety of things that are like pop fiction because i mean jane austen in a way was pop fiction of her time and like she still kind of is a little bit like Mm -hmm. she's the typical like chick lit kind of you know Classic chick, like mm-hmm. I guess is what people would call her. But then like also these deep theological works, like so what kind of why is that important to read a variety of things in poetry and essays and humor books? Like what is the point of reading so widely? Great question. So when we read any kind of literature, and I, I would include theology and philosophy mm-hmm. and poetry and that as well as great works of fiction, um what what great books offer us is 
form and content. So in other words, they're using language skillfully and artistically, which is its own reason for reading because mm -hmm. we should appreciate art. Um, but then also they are offering ideas um, and perspectives that can improve and increase and expand our own ideas and perspectives. So again, it's the form and the content. We can, you know, we can encounter interesting ideas um, in some works, but if they're not well written, they don't stay with us as well. Or we can read beautiful writing, but if it's just sort of shallow and superficial, that's not going to stick with us either. Right. But reading widely um, helps us to increase our ability with language, our appreciation of beauty, because it's, you know, language skillfully used and also uh, exposes us to different ideas and ways of understanding the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so no one should do that more than the Christian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot if you had to pick a, a favorite genre. Is there one that you is your go to? Well, I love novels. So novels yeah. are my are, and then I love particularly uh, British novels from the 18th and 19th century. That's my go to. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And so then I have to stretch myself by reading more contemporary fiction, which can be a struggle for me because I'm not. I was going to ask you it. that. Yeah. 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 So I do try to challenge myself and I, I do read a lot of nonfiction just because that's my job. I have to read a lot of yeah. literary criticism and theology. And so mm -hmm. um, that's normal. And I enjoy that, too. But I just love I love 18th and 19th century novels. Yeah. Okay. One more personal question we're going to okay. get to is, uh, so what's what what's a book beside the Bible that you'd recommend every woman needs to read? Every Christian woman needs to read. Maybe maybe we can give you a top five. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very generous. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going. My number one is going to be Jane Eyre. Okay. Um, okay. And Jane Eyre, you know, it is a love story. It's got romantic elements and all of that, but it is really a profoundly and deeply Christian story mm -hmm. about a Christian trying to find her way and be true to her faith. And I think every man should read Jane Eyre as well. Yeah. Um, and then I would say another one, especially for women too, is um, Gustave Flaubert's Madame Bovary. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it is about a character who has this romantic worldview. She she reads too many novels. Yes. <laughs> and and just kind of has her worldview is infected by fantasy and romanticism in a way that is devastating. And mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I won't say more than that. Um, and so those those would be my top two. Um, anything by Austin. Uh, and, yeah. and I people need to understand that Austin is writing satire. So it's social commentary and criticism. It's not just a lot. It's so much more than a love story. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times people don't realize that because and so because the movies are usually terrible. <laughs> um, and so. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Th are, th th those would be my 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 top choices. I think for sure. I haven't thought about Madame Bovary. I was thinking the year. same thing. I was like, but, I haven't read Madame Bovary in probably forever. That yeah. is true. That would be very applicable to today's time. Yeah. I hadn't mm -hmm. thought about that. Um, okay, so when we're reading widely and reading these books, like, what are some good discernment practices that Christians can mm -hmm. use? Because we don't necessarily want to consume all these things without any kind of discernment or like thought behind why we're consuming me this media sure. of reading. And so what are some good like practices that Christians can can use when they're choosing books to read and as they're even reading a book to like keep their 
heart and mind pure, like in spite of what may be in it, if right. we're reading widely. Right. So I think a lot of the novels that are out there today are there are just meant to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where it gets easy to just kind of get sucked in and you don't have to think about it. So when I'm running, I will listen to suspense or thrillers, suspense novels or thrillers on Audible because I, I don't want to really think. Um, yeah. But when we're reading to really just to do more than entertain, to, to think, and, and we need to, we want to be edified by the reading, even as we're being challenged, then I think just, sometimes you can just Google and find like the what world's 100 top novels or most important literary works. Mm -hmm. You can get a huge list, pick from that and understand, you know, I mean, I think that we're applying biblical um, principles when we read works that are of good repute, you know, works that have yeah. passed the test of time and many people say are great works, even if, you know, they're not to our taste, but we can pick from among them and know that they have passed the test of time because they reveal universal truths about the human condition, mm -hmm. even if it's not the whole truth, even if it's just part of the truth. So that's where we have to say, okay, there's something truthful about the human experience here. What in this book is true? What is it leaving out? So for example, Heart of Darkness, it exposes a great deal about the way human beings you know, colonize and, and oppress and exploit other people. And it's very, very true, but there, but it also leaves out part of the truth. And so that's why in writing the reflection questions, um, I want to provide not only a way to read that book critically, but also to help people. You can ask similar questions about other works of literature. Mm -hmm. um, and it does take some training and practice and skill, like being in a classroom, like you were, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, these books are kind of like a classroom for people um, yeah. who, who weren't able to take my classes. <laughs> I love that. Now we can all be... That's right. We can all be students yeah. of Karen Swallow Prior. That's okay. right. So how many books do you read at one time? Are you a person that likes to just start and finish, or do you have several going at one time? I prefer to just um, have one going at a time, but because in my teaching, I'm reading the things that I'm assigning for class and reading supplemental material, I usually do have a, you know, I'm reading a number of things, but if I'm reading something that's just for fun for myself um, and for fun would be an 18th or 19th century novel, then <laughs> I just, that's, that's what I, I'm, I just want to be reading one. Love that. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for our final oh, question. Yeah. So we ask everybody on the podcast this, what has marked you in your life for Christ? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. And, um, you know, I, I've been a Christian since I was a little girl. So I would, you know, so I, that's a very, a great blessing. And that's obviously the, the most significant mark on my life. Mm -hmm. But I would say that the experience that I had almost two years ago, um, when I was actually on my way to Lifeway yeah. <laughs> to, to talk about this project. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was crossing a street in Nashville and, um, I got hit by a bus mm. and spent eight days at Vanderbilt hospital, um, with very serious, painful injuries. And, um, God just, I don't, you know, I, who can explain how and why he allows things to happen um, that he does or we will can never know this side of heaven. Um, but there was just a, I'd always known in my head, but in that experience, 
I just, I just know now in every, in a visceral way, in my bone, in my blood, um, that my life is in God's hands Mm -hmm. and that, that it's all his, um, to do with as he wills. And that's what I want. And I'm just blessed and thankful that he preserved my life. And I just want, um, want to do his will, um, because that's really what it is all about. And we're really grateful that he has chosen to heal you. And we're really grateful because we now have these beautiful books with these discussions. (laughs) And so we'll definitely put links in our show notes for those books. So Mm -hmm. we definitely want to encourage people to, you know, even if you think, well, that's a book that I read a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Check. This is a new way to look at it. So we really do think that you're going to enjoy seeing these works in a new way. And can you give us any hints about what might be coming oh, in yeah. the series? Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. So I'll be writing um, the introductions and questions uh, this uh, year after school is out for Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte okay. and Frankenstein by Mary Ooh, Shelley. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, I'm pretty sure I will um, write about Tess of the Durbervilles mm-hmm. and I think um, The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Such yeah. a such a variety I too. Know. That's I wrote really... a very lengthy paper in college on Scarlet Letters. So Did you? One, <laughs> I'm like excited to read that one to see if where I fell in the <laughs> perspective. Yeah, because your yeah. you know, your perspective may have changed yeah, a little bit. That too, was like so one of my good. very first like 20 page papers that I mm-hmm. didn't even know that was possible until that class. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, that was a good one. But yeah, well, yeah, thank, you thank you so much. much for joining us today, and mm-hmm. we just look forward to maybe continuing the conversation, yeah. and you know maybe we'll get to have you back again sometime yes, too. Thank sure. you. I would love that. All thank right. You. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.